Hello from Awakenai country, this is Tim McCardle, Leroy Junior Senior High School Principal, and welcome back to another edition of Principal McCardle's Weekly Update Podcast. We have an awesome show in store for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing from our Awakenites. All right, next up on the podcast this week, I'm excited to bring some of our music seniors into uh, the podcast and talk about our band and chorus concert, uh, which is happening uh, this Thursday and Friday. Uh, if you missed it or are listening to this after, you can go to our YouTube channel and relive the concert, which was live streamed on our uh, YouTube channel, the Leroy Junior Senior High School channel. So check that out. Uh, but we're going to kind of go back in time with these guys, talk about what it's been to be a part of the music program and, uh, and performance and all the different things that they've done over the years. I'll have them introduce themselves and we'll jump into some questions. I'm Joelle Stoll. Um, I play the clarinet and band and I'm also in chorus. I'm Katie Long. I also play the clarinet and band. Uh, I'm in chorus and, you know, all of the other things that we have. I'm Felicity Weiseltier, and I'm in chorus. All right. So thank you guys for uh, joining us. We'll start with, uh, with you, Joelle. Talk to us about, you know, how many years you've, you've played, uh, and what's your first memory of learning how to, how to actually play your instrument? Well, I started clarinet in fourth grade. Um, I don't know. I just, the first memory I have is trying out, well, that was the only instrument I tried out, so then I just stuck with it. And I don't the rest is history for that. And then for chorus, we all had to do it in fifth grade, and I just stuck with it. So. And how about you, Katie? Do you remember the first time that you played your instrument or what that experience was? Yeah, I also remember trying out um, like all the different instruments to see what would stick. And clarinet was actually my fourth choice. I'm glad that I ended up with it. At first was flute. I was horrible at it. I wanted to do it because my mom played it. And then trumpet and trombone. I just remember sitting next to Mr. N. And he was like, could you a little blow a little bit faster air? And I would try it and be like, okay, thanks. I'm going to send you up the stairs to play the clarinet. And that, <laughs> that was kind of his way of being like, yeah, I don't think you should play brass. So yeah, I ended up with clarinet and I'm glad I did it. And then I met Joel and we've been band buddies ever since. So, What, what is about, you know, as far as, you know, playing instruments and, and and the music so you go back to like elementary you know songs were one sheet they were you know they were short they were easy to now like playing pieces that are you know obviously multiple pages multiple you know back and forth i mean i mean joelle talk about kind of the complexity of the music that you've been able to perform over the years and and how how you you know maybe have changed how you practice or how you prepare for that well, as the years got on, I definitely knew I had to practice more. But I remember in like fourth or fifth grade, they would bring like the senior high clarinet players and they would play a song for us. And I remember looking, I was like, you have a piece that's three pages long. Like ours is like two lines. And I never like thought that I would get to play like that. But then uh, you just get better and practice more as time goes on. So that, yeah. And, and the other thing too that's interesting is, you know, for you, you've you've have also spent a lot of time um, in the pit, and you know have have enjoyed the experience of not just doing concerts but also performing in the pit. How different is that experience compared to you know performing on the stage in, in a traditional concert? Well, it's definitely a lot different, and in my opinion, it's harder because, I mean, you're playing for like a straight like two or three hours 
most of the time and you have to try to like stay on top of like the cast and where they're singing and try not to get distracted by hear listening to them sing so but I, I definitely enjoy it more at the same time too because it's I don't know it's just more fun for me yeah it's live and it's fun and there's yeah. a lot of going on uh Felicity talk to us about kind of this year with chorus I mean you want to talk about having to persevere and, and have to you know do things a lot different um, you know, talk about how you guys this year with, with the guidelines that we had to follow, what levels you had to go to to participate in chorus and how that's kind of progressed uh, throughout the year. Uh, so it's been a lot different for us than in normal years. We're usually in the chorus room singing on the risers, but because for most of the year we had to be 12 feet apart when we sing, we had to be either in the auditorium, outside, in the gym, and we're singing with masks on, and for most of the year, we didn't have singers' masks. So singing in these masks, they kind of they suck into your mouth a little bit, and it's a little bit more difficult. But it honestly made us better musicians because, like, I know at least for myself, I could hear myself for like the first time singing rather than being in the room with a bunch of people around you you can really only hear yourself and you can't hear everybody else around you so you have to actually know what you're doing rather than relying on everybody else i think that's a really good point because you know in observing and seeing you guys in action it's like you're kind of like singing in almost like your own little bubble and, and 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 unlike a normal year where you're hearing like you said so many other voices like you're literally just hearing your own voice you could because you're so far apart or outside or in the gym um, yeah, and I think that that's a really good point because obviously to hear your own instrument, you know, as, as a voice is concerned, uh, you'd normally have that experience maybe just in a lesson, but to be able to do that during performance uh, was a totally new experience. Speaking of lessons, talk about how the lessons over the years, um, you know, what, what do you do there? Kind of give people a, a, a description of kind of what the voice lessons have done for you and um, you know, what you've experienced in that uh, setting. Uh, so in our lessons, we usually have them one period a week. And in a normal year, you have a couple other people in your group with you. But this year, we had to do it virtual for all the time when we were hybrid. And so what you do is in the beginning of the year, you usually choose a song that you're going to sing or play. And you work on that throughout your lessons and if you plan on doing solo fest you will perform it there and if you don't you're kind of just doing it for yourself but once it gets to a point where you're throughout most of the season um you can choose to do like a duet or a trio with the people in your lesson group and you also work on sight reading which is a challenge for a lot of people but we've had a lot of time to work on that this year specifically because it's hard to sing over zoom for your teacher so it's helped a lot of us get better and Katie, talk about the difference between like singing in a chorus to them, you know, or singing on the stage in a musical, like in, a, in that type of a mode. I mean, how are you having to kind of adjust and what's the differences in, in both of those types of singing experiences? Well, it's, it's definitely like a weird transition to think about because in chorus, I mean, with the exception of this year, because like we said, we're kind of in our own island when we're in the odd, but like you can kind of hide within the music and like it's more of like a team performance where we all contribute, but soloists, it's all you. It's like, it's just you. It's, you have to like watch 
basically everything about what you're doing. It's like, check your tone. Am I projecting all right? Am, like, am I on pitch? All of that stuff. And it's like different technique-wise too, because lots of times in a choral setting, we're using taller vowels, but in a musical theater setting, you'll have like more of a contemporary, I don't know if it's contemporary or not. I'm just making up words, but like <laughs> spread, like spread vowels, like more how we would talk normally instead of like, all. Oh, it's gotcha. ah. <laughs> not too Rochesterian, but you know, <laughs> more stuff like that. So as far as like, I'm going to ask the next couple questions. Everyone's going to answer this one. So um, the first one is the, your most favorite per, uh, performed piece that you've ever done. So like it could be any song, it could be you know, from a musical, it could be from you know, a concert. Like if you had to pick one piece that you've performed at our school you know, in any type of performance, what would it be and why? Joelle? <clears throat> um, let's see. That's a hard one. That's hard. There's been a lot. But probably, like, musical-wise, some of the songs from Into the Woods, like the first one, it was a long... It was, is it like the prelude? Is that what it's called? Yeah. The opener. The, the opener song. <laughs> yeah, it was really long, but it was... I don't know, it was just fun to play with, like, the sing like the actors on there and they're like telling their beginning of their story and so that's always neat so that that's probably my favorite okay that's a good one i really love that one too sondheim throws like so many cool musical like motifs in there yeah. too that like recur so i bet that would have been really, really yeah. cool but um my oh gosh i would have to like think about different ensembles because <laughs> one that we were talking about yesterday like as a staple in jazz band every year except we were so sad we didn't do it this year we did uh, like a Blues Brothers medley, and that was always so fun. We did that for what, like three or four years yeah, in a row, a and we always loved playing it. Um, for band, there was a couple pieces that we did in concert band, and then Joelle and I also got to play again in an honors ensemble, which is uh, Abrams Pursuit, which is like a great piece. Apparently, the composer isn't that nice of a guy, but we're just not going to talk about it because it's an amazing piece. Um, and also, Corral and Shaker Dance is really fun. It was, I think it's more of like a it's supposed to be like kind of a 60s trying to be con like composed in the 60s trying to be a contemporary thing but it's like recurring themes of um simple gifts and it gets all dissonant in the middle it's really cool so okay. i really nice. enjoyed that one how do you feel city um probably in musicals i was in a few of those it would probably be death is just around the corner from the adams family i always loved doing that one Great the sopranos one. got to hit a high c and i was just living my best seventh grade life <laughs> um and then for chorus it's really close between any song that we did when i was in ninth grade all county chorus um names specifically from that one it was a song where it was like a tribute to it was around when the Parkland shooting happened. Okay. And so we dedicated the song to all of those people. We said their names throughout it. And it was just a really strong, powerful, emotional, moving piece. And then also here in Leroy, Jabberwocky was one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good fun. one. I yeah. love Jabberwocky. That's a classic. That yeah. was uh, that was a lot of fun. Totally like different from what you guys have ever done. And it, yeah, that, was, that was awesome. Making up our own choreo for that, that too. Was, that yeah. was a lot of fun, yeah. Okay, so... The last question is, same thing, everyone's going to answer. If you could do it all again, and I'm forcing you to choose another instrument, or pick an instrument, what would you, what would you do it again with? I would probably do oboe, because back when we did it, they only like offered it like every other year. 
Yeah. Because it wasn't an option. It, yeah, it wasn't an option in fourth grade. And I just remember it sounded kind of annoying. But, like, <laughs> when we had when we had one in senior high band, I was like, wow, that's really pretty. I wish I knew how to play that. Mm-hmm. So I definitely choose that. Cool. Yeah. Um, for me, it's a kind of a split answer. I love just, like, the overall sound and timbre of the French horn. I think it's amazing. And I, it has, like... A crazy I feel like clarinet and French horn probably have like the widest ranges in the band so I think that'd be cool and I love horn rips I love like the I don't know that was a horrible impression but <laughs> but like I love those in pieces but I've also always said that I feel like if I started percussion in fourth grade I would be like an absolute beast on the drums but I don't really know what I'm doing now that I'm a senior so <laughs> I would love to see one of those drum pit yeah okay how about you Felicity uh, I did band for a year and a week um, when I was in fourth, grade, fourth and fifth grade. I played the trombone. It was my fourth choice instrument because I couldn't get sounds to come out of the rest of them. But if I had to make sure I could go back and like choose a different one, I would make sure I knew how to play the saxophone because that was my first choice and okay. I couldn't get a sound to come out of the reed, which also meant that I couldn't play clarinet because that was my second choice. So the saxophone is one, piano is another one I love, piano pieces, and yeah. Okay. Piano is my bucket list. Like, I wish I could just sit down. I, I look at Mr. Fisher, and I'm just like, man, I want to do that. Like, that, I just would love to be able to just rip it's worth rip it. the ivory, sit down, chill, you know, rock out anything at any time. Mr. Pollard is a guy who um, taught himself how to play the piano and can, rip and, and can do any, any Disney song on demand no that's so no cool. music so you go down there and just say hey can you play you know whatever pocahontas like he just he'll be able to rip that out so the little fyi for some inside info there well listen thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast this week uh you know it'd be awesome for you guys to hit the stage one more time here and perform um and we're really proud of that and we're really excited to to see that and if you uh, missed it or are able to see it again it's going to be streamed on our uh, youtube channel so you can watch it live or watch a replay thank you guys so much for uh, joining me on the podcast this week and good luck in the concert all right next up on the podcast this week i'm really excited to highlight our fine arts fest which is uh, going to be coming up here on June 8th uh, from 6 to 8.30. Uh, this will be our seventh annual Fine Arts Fest that we've had here. Unfortunately, this year, the Fine Arts Fest is not open to the public, but we are allowing all of our artists and musicians uh, to have guests uh, to, that they can bring. We will be live streaming the music portion of our, lives, of, of our event, and then we'll be posting images from our, uh, from our art uh, students' uh, work uh, throughout the week um, in celebrating their efforts. And I'm really privileged to bring a, a senior, uh, an amazing artist, uh, Ethan Riggs, uh, on the podcast today who will be having a, a – a, I'm, I'm sure I don't want to give it away, but an unbelievable senior board uh, that he'll be having there showcasing all of his work. And we kind of want to go behind the scenes with Ethan today to kind of talk about his process and and how he has evolved as an artist. And uh, so, Ethan, uh, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. So let's start off with, like, I just want to go way back to the first time that you kind of drew something. Maybe it was in elementary art. Maybe it was at home where it, it kind of you, you kind of did something and you're like, geez, I might be good at this. Or someone was like, that's really good. You should really continue to do this. T- 
take us back to that moment. And maybe you haven't thought about it in a long time. Maybe you've really thought about it a lot. But when was that? What was that about? And how did you kind of, you know, like, how do you think about that now? Um, well, yeah, I have not thought about this ever, really. But I think, I don't, I'm not sure what grade, it was definitely an elementary school. Either four through six, one of those, we did a a lizard or we could do any, we could pick any animal and we just had to paint it, I think. And I picked a lizard and I, I just did as many colors as I could on the, on the lizard as possible. And I, I just thought, wow, this is, I really like this. I feel like I did a good job and I, it's just so colorful and bright. And that is probably where it started of where I'm like, wow, this is, this is, I really enjoy this. This is great. And I can create something that isn't, like completely what a picture is. I'm gonna go on the ledge and say that your lizard probably stood out that year. Like maybe everyone was doing a, a traditional one color lizard or a couple. Was yours kind of like a standalone or it like? It was pro probably with all the colors on it, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is good, I think that's awesome because that, it just shows the beginning of the creativity. So, so we started with the lizard, you know, as kind of like the, the launching point. And when did it become like on your on your artist journey? When did it become something where you now developed yourself as like you know as an artist? Or I, I kind of have a I kind of have a style, and I'm kind of like this is you know what I do when I create. When did that kind of start you know coming into play? Um, I I mean it, it's it's definitely been a, a gradual increase on a stylistic point. I think this year has definitely been a turning point just because. This year, or as a senior in a senior art class, you can you do whatever you want. It's more just a concept that you want to have, um, and you can pick any medium, any uh, anything you want to do, any uh, type of uh, thing you want to paint on or make, whatever. Um, and I've been uh, drawn to and love using oils, so I've been focusing more on that, and I have a specific way I like to blend them. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, this year has been a very very helpful at growing that specifically and I can focus on that and really work on it. So let's talk about the the, the style and and, and and what you use uh, and I think you know one of the things about artists is that there's just obviously so many options I mean like there's so many mediums there's so many ways to create um, you know the piece that's sitting here that if you go to the cover of this um, you know in the cover of this uh, podcast you know, it, it's it's not just one dimensional. You know, so like like now we're looking at multi dimensional experience. Talk about just kind of how you've gotten to where you are and why you are using the medium that you use. Um, they in art when you take the art classes at least here they definitely want want you to explore everything. They do a broad range of different mediums: uh, acrylic, oil, pastel, graphite, and all those with different. Um, types of uh, material to paint on or do work on. And that really allows you to try everything and see which ones you like, which ones you're good at, which ones you should work on. Um, and for me, it was oils that work well. And, but it's also nice to like mix a medium. Like this one, um, the background is acrylic, but uh, everything else is oil. And it, it's kind of nice to have that contrast sometimes, especially with um, certain pieces. So when we look at your senior board this year, you know, the people that will be coming to the show and then we'll see it on social media, you know, what does that represent to you? Um, what, what do the works mean? And, 
you know, and, and how proud of, of it are you, you know, to, to have accomplished uh, a senior board? I, well, I'm very excited this year. I think this year I've created the most uh, number of pieces, which is great, especially of what's, you know, been happening. Um, and there, there are, like, two of the pieces are kind of just fun things I wanted to do, but most of the pieces, uh, especially this series, which has five, um, they are very personal, and I, you know, drew from a place of myself, of emotions that I felt, and uh, places that I've been in, um, emo mentally and stuff like that, uh, to just create something that sort of, that symbolizes it and expresses how I feel at that time or in those moments, yeah. That's awesome. As far as like, you know, when you when you complete a piece, I mean, talk about the emotion that that has to to finally be like, you know, putting the you know the brush down or or, or the pencil down and just like, okay, that's like how, like how do you get there when you allow yourself to be done? Like, what does that mean to you? It, well, it's it's very difficult to get there. At least, I mean, the process leading up to it is definitely can take a very long time. This one has taken a couple months and I had to keep coming back to it. Um, the ending is definitely a critical point just because it's hard to step away and be like, okay, we're done. I don't want to add anything else. This is good. And as you know, someone, as the person who creates things, you're the most critical about it. You can always see where you messed up or something, but, and that's some, a difficult part to overcome. But once you get there, it is, the best feeling to look back and say I created this and it's I love it yeah so talk about the process of that creation as far as Mr. Kokitas and, and the feedback or or the little redirect or the little nudge or how important is that voice and, and that uh, feedback throughout the process you know kind of help shape you know your piece it is it is very helpful and it's nice to to uh, to have that person who can give you feedback but also who isn't constantly giving feedback or correcting or putting their opinion on it um and it's so you can you know you can call on them when you think when you don't like how something looks or want to change it or um something like that and it it just gives you it's not a confidence boost but it's like okay this is usually you do like what is good what is bad what can we fix and it's nice to have that rounding. Um, like a confirmation of yeah, like where yeah. you're going. Yeah. And what, yeah, where you can improve on. Okay. Um, you know, as far as art moving forward in your, you know, like in your life, I think, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, they kind of get to this point, their senior year, they've really developed the talent. They've, you know, they've uh, created some amazing pieces and then they kind of hang it up, you know, and then they never come back to it or, you know, they stumble back into, you know, into art, you know, at a different part of their life. Talk about what you envision, you know, is, you know, is, you know how this is going to be in, in your journey. Um, at the moment, I'm not, I'm not quite sure because it, it definitely won't be my main focus when moving forward because um, I'm, I'm going to go into science. Uh, but I, I, and I definitely want to keep it up as a hobby. Um, and maybe at some point I'll be able to somehow incorporate it into my work or what I intend to do. And I definitely hope I can, but at the moment I'm not quite sure how, how that would fit in, but I definitely want to continue with it.
Yeah, it's that's good to hear. Good. I think it's uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's a shame to see some of the talent you know that people bring, mm-hmm. and then they just kind of move on because it's not something that's either going to bring them money or or whatever. But I just yeah, I encourage you to find space you know as, as you move on with with your life for it. Um, okay, so pieces of advice that you would give. So you've gone through the you know the, this entire program. You've created some amazing pieces. You know, what is your message to aspiring young artists? Um, you know, whether, you know, you're, you're in elementary school or you're junior high or, geez, I just showed up to an art class as a 10th grader. You know, like, like what would be the advice that you would give kind of going through the, the gauntlet of creation that you have done, um, you know, to kind of bestow on to others? I would say um, do what you like to do in art, but also do what you don't like to do. But more importantly, do what you want to do. So, you know, you, if you have an idea that's just, just blooming, you know, go for it. If you're really passionate about something, uh, an idea or a style you want to do or um, different materials you want to use, go for it. Don't hold back and, um, you know, work with Mr. Kokitis or Ms. Castro and, you know, make it happen. Don't, don't hold back, especially in art, because that, that's the place where you don't need to at all. Love it. Okay, some final quick questions as far as just some cool things. So do you have an overall favorite artist that, that you kind of relate to or that you that has inspired some of your work or is it or not? Um, I'm not, there's not like one particular. I just love looking at all the different, different types and different uh, ways that people express their arts and just how, just how different everything is. Okay. Uh, your favorite color? Favorite color? Um, it used to be turquoise, but I think it's white. Ooh, okay. Um, the, your go-to brush, you know, and, and what, I don't know if you know the brand or the style or, or the size, but what's your go-to brush? It's, I don't know any of the brand, but it's pretty, it's pretty thin uh, width-wise, but it's about, um, I think, a half an inch in thickness. Okay. Or um, not thickness, length. Length, okay. Um, as far as your uh, ability to create, what is like the longest time that you've ever sat and worked on a piece nonstop? Ooh, uh, I think it was about five hours in wow. one stretch. Yeah, and that was trying to finish it because it just—it was a very grueling process. It looked good, but it took forever. And it's like you know, we're just gonna take five hours and just finish this one thing and I did finish at that point yeah okay when creating uh, music or no music I do like having music in the background or something some sort of white noise or something to focus on yeah okay. or, uh, yeah um, favorite uh, favorite thing to create overall so I mean you've done a lot of different pieces you know and, I, and I'm gonna that's my second question or my last question is your favorite piece of all time but like what is this what is the you know if, if I had if I gave you a blank canvas right now what's something that you just would love just to create and something that you've maybe done a lot of a style um, or, you know any of those types of I mean oils just because I love oils they blend very nicely um, I think g- the combination of geometric and uh, what is it, uh, organic is okay. kinda, it's nice. It's nice to have that flowingness, but then also, uh, you know, more uh, you know geometric and perfect symmetry sort of thing going okay. on. Okay, all right, I like that. Last question: Your all-time favorite piece? Like, if you had to pick one piece, when did you create it? What is it, and why? 
it's been, I mean, it's, it's been a whole, it's been a lot. Uh, which one is it? I think, is it this year? It's one I made this year. It's, ooh, it's that one. Okay, so it's a, uh, I think it's in this series. It's a piece that represents, uh, oh, yes, yeah, sorry. I, sorry. I, I'm just going. You got a lot in there. You got I know, yeah, I keep filtering through them. Um, it's a piece that represents um, finding the, the joy in the world, always, like, even if it's, you know, in a really depressing, and it looks pretty depressing when you look at it, but uh, it's finding the joy in the world. It's this, it's on a, a black textured paper, and I used um, charcoal, charcoal? Uh, gr oh, yeah, sort of, some sort of charcoal pencil uh, that does a, a really nice shading, and I, it's this, not, it's not a skeleton, but it's a pretty withered face that's kind of, sort of coming out of the paper, and then he, uh, they're holding a, a bee that's oh, glowing wow. around it. it that's more uh, emphasized in white. Okay, so that'll be on the board. It will be on the board, yes. Okay, so make sure you check that out. That's his all-time favorite piece, and for him to, pa to call out that piece, is that, that's pretty legit, because there's a lot of good pieces. So, uh, Ethan, true pleasure to have you here. It's been fun to watch you yourself kind of grow and, and become the artist that you are. It's, it's a great uh, journey of exactly what the, you know, the school and art and education is all about, and it's about growth, and, mm -hmm. and that's what you've shown. So congratulations. We can't wait to see this to the board, and uh, good luck in your next journey, but keep the art close to you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Next up on the podcast this week, I'm excited to uh, shift the spotlight onto Pride Month. And our Pride and Allies uh, Club here is uh, putting together some nice uh, features to, you know, educate and to, you know, spread the love of, um, of, of Pride Month. And it's a national um, uh, celebration. And you probably, if you are anywhere by a TV or social media, have come across a lot of things that you see, you know, from the NFL to uh, national organizations uh, that are, are promoting and, and also, you know, joining forces uh, to celebrate this month. So I have uh, some guests here. We're going to talk about it and I'll have them introduce themselves first. Hi, I'm Kelly Wright, and I am a junior. I am Avery Curtis, and I'm a sophomore. And I am Mrs. McLean, and I'm the music teacher, but a co-advisor of the Pride and Allies here at Leroy. So we'll start with you, Mrs. McLean, and thanks for uh, being here as one of the, uh, the founding uh, fathers of Pride and Allies as a club. Um, talk to us about just kind of, you know, the spirit of, of Pride Month and some of the, you know, the implications as far as like how it's impacting, you know, not only nationally, but locally, and also a connection um, in Batavia. Sure. Yeah. So Pride Month is always an exciting time for all of our LGBTQ plus um, friends and the allies that support LGBTQ plus events um, and people. And, you know, it's, it, it really, it's a celebration now of all the rights and, and, um, barriers that were in their way for so many years. It started off not like that. It started off as a riot followed by a lot of picketing, right? Um, and, and fighting for those rights. And we've gotten to a point where we're still fighting for a lot of things. However, we're also celebrating all of those peoples, those founders of, of Pride Month and Pride Parades. And we're just able to enjoy a lot more now because of them. Um, I have been really lucky with 
uh, Joe Kismirzak to not only work here at the school with Pride and Alice, but also work in Batavia with a group called Blowout. And we're really excited because we have the first in-person Pride Parade in all of Western New York that is actually going to be taking place um, on June 12th. I believe it's the Saturday. Yep. So there's there's a ton of events that are going on from June 10th all the way to the 13th to celebrate Pride in Western New York, and and we're really excited to be a part of it. Uh, uh, Kaylee talked about how how it, cool it is to be a part of Pride and Allies here at school. Why are you you know why be in it, um, and and the benefits that you've experienced. Um, well, I joined Pride Alleys when I was in eighth grade um, because I saw this poster <laughs> as I was walking down um, a hallway on my way into health class for like Pride Alleys, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool because you know that was a time where like everyone's still trying to figure themselves out, and like I really wasn't sure what my sexuality was, what my gender was. Um, and I went there and I was able to learn that there was like a lot more than just, you know, straight and gay. Like I knew, I knew like bisexual and pansexual, but I didn't really know what they meant. Um, I learned about a lot new like gender identities and everything like that. And it was just, it was really educational, but also it's like, it's a lot of fun and it's a place where you can just go and be with all your other people and you can meet some new friends and you make friends and like, it's, it's just very safe and it's very open. But like what you say in there stays in there. Like you don't have to be out like into the school. And if you don't wanna like really talk to your parents, you don't have to. It's just, it's a very safe place for everyone to go. Even if you're not part of the community, even if you're just an ally and you just wanna keep showing support. Like I was, I would say join. It's, we we need some people. We we don't have, how many allies do we have? I don't know if we have any. This year, we're, we're lower on the allies than normal, yeah. and, I, and I think it brings up a valid point that allyship is so, so important to all minority groups. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And being an ally at Pride and Allies, it fills a very important role. Because, mm-hmm. like, as important as it is as, like, a community, like, the LGBTQ plus community to stick together and be allies with each other, it's also important to make sure that we have, like, that outside support, because you know, not everyone will listen to the community, but if they see that all these people who aren't in it also support it, it will continue to just be more and more normalized as it should be, because there's nothing wrong with just being who you are and loving who you love. Can't agree more. And, and Avery, talk to me about the importance of the, uh, um, the ally, you know, and, and, and what does an ally mean to you? What does an ally mean to the group? And, you know, and, and what is that role defined? So here in uh, Pride and Allies, I know that we don't have too many allies right now, but I do know that like allies are definitely a very important part to the community because it shows that like not only do we have those that are in the LGBTQ community, but also those that are outside of it supporting us and like being there for us and showing other people who aren't a part of it that like it's okay to be a part of this group without being part of the LGBTQ plus community. And Ms. McLean, talk to us about some of the uh, visuals that students will be able to see here, yeah. um, you know, o- o- over the coming days. Sure. So um, when you come into school around the atrium wall, we're going to drape a variety of different flags that represent different identities. 
I think a lot of people just think of the, the typical rainbow pride flag, which really encompasses everybody under the LGBTQ plus group. However, there's a lot more flags and we are gonna have information cards that explain what those flags are. So you'll be able to learn a little bit about that. The other thing we are going to be doing is a wall uh, similar to the one that was put up during uh, Black History Month with just a bunch of different LGBTQ plus figures. And I think it's sometimes surprising to look at that and go, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that they were part of that community. I really like them. Well, yeah, because they're good people, <laughs> you know, they're humans. Um, and uh, there will also be a poster that I, I forget the exact wording, but it's basically encompassing what we've talked about over the years, the idea of, um, you know, we are we are a full safe space, like we are inclusive of all. Um, and it's cool because it has some LGBTQ stuff, but it also has um, some hands that are all different colors because the idea is that it doesn't matter who you are, what race you are, what gender identity you are, you should feel safe when you come into school. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, what's, what's really cool is that I want you both of you guys to comment on is just the importance of just educating yourself, right? As far as, um, you know, what it, what it's like to be a part of the LGBTQ plus community and in, in the times, the struggle to be a part of that. And then also just getting to know, you know, another part of the human race and a part of, a part of life. I mean, to talk about, you know, how you guys, you know, with these efforts and, and, and how important that is for people to educate themselves. Um, well, the internet, I feel, is, like, a very important thing, but it can also kind of be, like, you know, a little misleading at times. Um, so, like, when you, when I was trying to figure myself out and I was just trying to be, like, okay, what does this mean? Like, why am I feeling like this? And I just, I went and I looked at people who were also feeling like this, and like I looked at how they identified, and like I just, I tried to feel like what resonated with me, and it's just, it's really important to like educate yourself, because you know, if you don't really know anyone who's part of the community, because I didn't at the time um, really know anyone, um, so I, I just had to do it myself, and I was like scared to kind of tell anyone, um, but like now that we're like, educating a lot more people it's a lot easier to talk to just everyone around you you know because I've just always kind of been scared to talk to people on the internet this is how I am um but like we did a webinar like a couple months ago and like we educate people on like different sexualities different gender identities so now if you have like a question you don't just have to go find like Miss McLean or someone who's in the prior analysis. you can ask other people you know like your friends because they could know, you know, it's it's just important to educate yourself because education is like the first step to acceptance, in my opinion. Like, the more you know about it, the easier it is to understand, the easier it is to understand, the easier it is to accept, you know? That should be a shirt right there. That, that's <laughs> really good. should be a good. poster. Yeah, you should I like make that. it. Yeah, make like <laughs> You're a an artist. Poster. I can make a lot of money off of it. How are you, Avery? <laughs> um, so I feel like education was definitely like a very important part. I, myself, even being part of the LGBTQ community, didn't know about a lot of different things until this year when I started learning about it. But I know that when I was younger and trying to figure myself out, it was definitely helpful to start learning about different things because being able to know like all this, what that means was kind of how like I'm feeling. So maybe it's like this and definitely not being afraid to like try different things, like try on different pronouns um, and that sort of stuff. Like just 
don't be afraid to be yourself and being able to educate yourself is definitely a good step in that direction. That's great. Mr. McLean, uh, if, if a person is listening and is interested about those, uh, the Batavia uh, activities, mm-hmm. where's a good spot for them to go check out to see the schedule and, and, to, and to potentially participate? Sure. So on Facebook, there is a Glow Out page. And if you look up Glow Out, it has all the information right there. We're also on Instagram under Glow Out. Um, and it has the calendar. It also has a website linked where you can get tickets. The important thing to know is that everything is ticketed unless you're just going to watch the parade because obviously we're, we're held to CDC guidelines and we have to limit the number of people at each event. So It's so natural just saying that now. CDC guidelines, <laughs> tickets, you know, like it's know, just, it's it's just so kind of what we do. Like, <laughs> you know, two years ago, I'd be like, what was that? What does that mean? But yeah, it's just another thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, I really appreciate you guys taking time to be on the podcast and kind of sharing your viewpoint and, and, and just really promoting what is a, a great community to be a part of. Um, and we're very proud to have that presence here at our school. And I think it's really important for people to you know continue to understand each other. And I think the way that you do that is by not making judgments, but to get to know and, and, and to educate and to read. And that's kind of what is going to be some visuals happening you know over these next a few days as we finish up the school year. So really appreciate you guys taking time. Thank you, Mrs. McLean, as your efforts as the advisor. And uh, here we go. Let's go Pride Month USA. (laughs) We'll finish up the podcast this week with my social media pick of the week. This week, my my, uh, pick is from Wednesday's post of our Field Day. Uh, first annual field day we hosted for our entire 7th through 12th grade. It was an awesome experience for our students to get out, play some games, move around, get some fresh air, and uh, and just be a night. And it was a lot of fun. And we really appreciate all of our staff that helped uh, organize and get everything going uh, for our students uh, bright and early. They're out there going hard at 8 a.m. So check out the video and the pics uh, from our post on Wednesday. And I want to thank all of our guests for being on the podcast this week. And we'll be right back here next week. Not many weeks left this week, but we'll be back next week for our next edition. As always from Wack and Night Country, go Knights.